Previously on AFTN. Was it not uh, Reina who tried the? Uh, oh, what do you call it? Oh, a little chip, and it was nobody. It was no, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. That, but there wasn't a what? Are the, what do you call those? I don't know what you're doing with your the, feet. The Robona. You Didn't he try a Robona? You know where you flick your your, your the guy from U two. Hey, I'll show. You know, oh boy, you, you, oh, be careful. Is. No, no, like, we're not supposed you know, to break you, the equipment. <laughs> You know we're on the radio. You demonstrate. <laughs> this for you, Michael. No. <laughs> Ten minutes left. Yeah, but there's still some time. It's not the final score. We need more than the numbers were given. Show us you live and breathe. Hi hi campers and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 289. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Joe DC. And we have no Zachary Adam Meisenheimer this week. He's having a well-deserved anniversary break with his wife. He will be back next week. He, he broke up with his wife? Yeah. Oh. He's celebrating an anniversary. It's one way to celebrate an anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> that, I think, then you have two anniversaries. Oh, true. Yeah. I think a lot of people would have anniversaries of, of that kind of breakup. Oh. No, no, they're all good. Yeah. They're having fun together. Yes. Let, let's not start the show in yeah. a downer. A <laughs> <laughs> lot of Whitecap stuff to talk about. Before we get going, though, because we have Joe with us, Joe does our preview show. He has a, a great little thing when he's hosting that, complete the sentences. So I thought I would just nick that for, for this, mm-hmm. give Joe the chance to, to be on the other end of it. So here's three sentences for us all to complete. Number one, the Whitecaps draw in New York was... Me first. Whoever. Typical. Tip- typical, typical? The fa- typical to the fact where they come in with a you know really team that you're not, not expecting much. They go into it. Well, he was place. injured, so yeah. Oh yeah, okay. but the, you're not expecting very, very anything of the, coming from points wise, and they go in there, and sure they give up a, like a scary goal here and there, like like similar to Dallas last year, yes. where they went in with mm-hmm. a really horrible or team, Kansas, yeah, when Hertel yeah. got that goal. Yeah, you were talking about that. So in the it, 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 yeah. it feels like it's typical that they would do something like this where nobody was expecting anything, and they come up with, hmm. with at least a point. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go for unlikely for my word. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, Hurtado has a knack for doing that now. He does. Yeah. I'm going with a massive surprise because I knew it was going to be a B team that was out there. The way the New York City have been, unbeaten at home, we know how dangerous they are, even without David Villa. The dodgy defence that was out there, which yeah. we'll come to, or on paper at least, the dodgy defence, didn't 
bode well. So for me, surprise. Now we talked about Eric Hurtado. That's our second question. Eric Hurtado is a, and we'll start with Joe. Uh, a player who has value for money. Mm. Which is going to be a like theme of today's show. I think, I think it might be, yes. Yeah. Eric Hurtado is easy. Oh. Just, just easy going. Easy going, gets yeah. into the thing, and when you need him the most, he pops one in like that. I've only met him once, and it was at a Rovers game. He was chatting with someone from, I think he played for Portland before, so he must he have did, known someone yes. yeah. in the U23s. And he was very nice to me when I spoke to him, so he, I, I agree with the Oh, no, he's a very nice statement. guy. He's, he's, a, nice he's guy. a lovely guy. We've got him on later in the show as well um, in one of our fun food segments. <laughs> um, anyway, Eric Hurtado for me is, I'm going to say an enigma because, mm. or is a reliable person well, reliable com- two complete opposites yeah. <laughs> consistently inconsistent yeah, he's a bit of an enigma because he's not the kind of player that you you don't really want him to get a run in the team as the starter no like he's not going to dispose Kai Kamara but he's reliable in that whenever you it's like Russell Tybert whenever you call on him yes he comes up with the goods and he has had a couple of really clutch goals and sometimes yeah it does feel like his feet are cement but other times he just pulls out things like this and, and grabs an unexpected point or points. Mm-hmm. So our, our last question for this segment. The Canadian Championship is... Vital for next year. Mm-hmm. Because they can, by winning the championship, going into the Champions League next year, they will bring in extra money. Because they don't have much. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> but the thing is, they, they, the, the additional TAM and GAM, yeah. because they'll have money to spend if the and now, again, we're doing this hypothetically. We don't know what they're going to do with the money. But if they're going to spend on transfer fees, this extra GAM, and they, they have 750 uh, um, yep. of the from Alfonso's yep. transfer to, be, to spend a GAM, they could have additional TAM and GAM that they can buy down those contracts that they use for, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. could like actually turn those mm-hmm. high TAM players into uh, like lower paid players maybe even buy out Brexit but anyway Joe the Canadian <laughs> Championship is going to be stressful yeah I think it is yeah. uh, I'm going with a must win oh uh, yeah vital because so, I, yeah. I feel I feel the MLS and we'll come to this later on the show I feel the MLS is slipping away from us more and more every week it's going to be a dogfight you, you go to New York you get a point but yet the gap widens and yeah. it was it's el- tougher, eleven tougher. games left for yeah. So eleven games left for the to get into the playoffs. Two games to win a trophy. True. I would rather go for the trophy at this yeah. point. Like oh, and then yeah. afterwards, you yeah. you pull full force to the playoffs. But we're going to cover the Canadian Championship in I think it's part four of the show, and I've got some interesting audio from the Toronto side about that as well. So, well, we'll come to that. We're going to kick things off though in part one with a look at the Whitecaps draw in New York City. There was injuries. There was suspensions. People were rested. Oh my! Mm. Just like the Wizard of Oz, lions. What was it? No, no. You guys probably know. I forgot it. I have <laughs> seen the Wizard of Oz. I have no idea what you're talking about. There's I, something. I like Ma- Wicked. That's yeah. a great. Lions music. and tigers and bears. Oh my! That's it. Oh, That's the go. term. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of something like that. I kind of blanked on that. Which player didn't have a heart? Okay, then? so who, yeah. who, was the, who, was a, <laughs> who was the lion? Who was the tiger? Who was he's got the a bear? ponytail and he's blonde. Oh. Everybody says that, not just me. He's the no, tin it's man. just you. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> it was a weekend lineup. Firm focus was clearly on Wednesday. Some folks seemed really surprised by that when the, when the lineup came out, which surprised me that they were surprised. But, I mean, surely that was what was expected. Uh, yeah, when when Nick and I were doing the preview show, we 
we started out with two um, hypotheticals. Yeah. We had if we if the Caps go for this game and if the Caps rotate this game, and we ended up kind of agreeing on the second option because that's what we would have done if we were in Robbo's shoes for sure. A lot of those players, like they look tired, even if they play one game a week at this stage of the season. Yeah, some of them looked really tired by the end of the, the yeah. game. I don't know how sapping the heat was, but it was. Yeah, yeah, a few of them looked absolutely shattered. The only one that I thought, uh, actually, I think I almost like when I was thinking of this lineup, I almost hit it bang on, except for I thought Henry would play in yes. one of the center back positions. Yeah, well, I didn't know Aha was injured until Friday. Yeah, I thought it would and be. I was like, oh, I honestly thought it was going to be Henry and Aha at the center back. They I were going to play. Aha and Mond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what we thought as well. With, yeah. we did, without knowing. About so other Aha's than the injury. center back position, I was, I almost, I think I almost like. Correctedly picked the other one. Yeah. Well, of course, I never I told him. I thought maybe Roe would have started. Yeah. Just to, re- to rest Marino. But no, Watson's suspension made it easier to make that call yeah. of a fuller rotation in that yeah. position, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, we've, we've been told there's some players injured. I'm doing that in <laughs> inverted commas. I'm still a little bit skeptical about that. But when you first saw the lineup and you saw that centre back pairing, I mean, what, what did you think? Gazal's had a. Bit of an adventure as a centre-back. Well, they only gave up one goal against Montreal. He did score his own goal, though, when he played before. That was the first time he played centre-back. Yeah. Yeah. I, no. I wasn't super optimistic when I saw it, but the no, rest of the I wasn't team, optimistic either. I That's going to get ripped apart. Yeah, I, I was more worried about other aspects of the team, particularly the wings. But the centre back yeah. pairing didn't give me confidence. I was all. thinking they just maybe you know not even play the game and just take the three zero result. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought three zero. That was what I was actually expecting. But is this one of those games though that it now feels like a win? Oh, it definitely does. Although. Although if you look at the goals against and some of the other stuff that you think yeah. you could actually won this game. Looking yeah. at it in context, the other teams around us in the standings all won their games. So I, it's hard. I don't think I can see it as a win completely. Yeah. But it's better than I thought what would happen. It's been a bit of a disappointing week. And we'll come to the, the MLS news in part three. So you're heading into New York. The team's unbeaten at home all season. You've gone in with a B team. I'll admit it. I thought especially the way that the first few minutes started, it was going to be a rout. But then Stefan Marinovic came up with a fantastic save. I know five minutes in is a little bit early to say that that was a game changer, but I think I think it gave some confidence to, to the Whitecaps. If that had gone in, I think the floodgates would have opened. I totally agree. Um, there's an interesting comparison to make between Rowe and Marinovic. I don't remember Rowe in that stint that he played... Probably close to ten games when Marinovic was it in. Might even be twelve. Yeah, he like there wasn't any game stopping changes, or there was uh, maybe one. There, or two. there was uh, near the couple. end, yeah. near yeah. the end of or end of his run, that there was yeah. big one if, game that I think if we recall the end of last season. It was every game for Marinovic that he would make one of those, um, you know, game MLS highlights. Yeah. Say, right, and that was yeah. one of them this time. I think, I think, in, particularly in white cap history, we've had goalies that can do that and have had goalies that can't do that. Yeah. So. You know, you can put Brad Knighton in one bucket and David Usted in the other, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think Marinovic is right in that ilk of like, Usted style of goalkeeper. Yeah, and that's what we talked about before when Roe was in the thing. We said that, like, in my opinion, Marinovic has more of that athletic yeah. kind of uh, yeah. reflex kind of stopping you, you, ability. You fancy him to get down to some of those. Yeah, and yeah. then Roe is more of a positional type goalkeeper. And, and this is something that Nick watches out for all the time because he plays goalie sometimes. Uh, Marinovic's distribution is quite more consistent than Rose. Yeah. yeah. So that that you know I don't think our style encourages 
you know, accurate distribution from the goalie unless he's aiming for Kamara's head, but <laughs> it still comes into play like over the long term. Got to give credit as well to to Ali Gazal on that. That was a neat little back here. That was cool. The, the um, clearance after yeah. the save. If there was a player behind him, though, he was screwed. It, yeah, it I, I am hoping he knew that there shins. wasn't a player yeah, behind yeah. him. Hopefully, he did a I'm shoulder check. I'm hoping he was <laughs> completely aware. Yeah. If he wasn't, then yeah, maybe it wasn't as good as that. It turned no, out it would... that it looked cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Marinovic had a strong game. It's surprising to me, though. Like, New York City had 22 shots. Mm-hmm. Only two saves, though, from Marinovic. I mean, if, if that was the reverse, you'd be, like, crying out about what's wrong with the strikers there. And for all their possession, they didn't really threaten too too much. A couple of little lapses either side of half time. Without that... The Whitecaps were fairly comfortable in that game. Yeah, they they, they obviously absorbed a lot of possession. Uh, the Whitecaps and but there were some shots from outside, uh, which the the you know I don't even know what to call them. Well, they, the were, playing a, they were playing a lot of corners to the yeah. edge or outside yeah. of the box. Set plays. Yeah, yeah, it's like they obviously knew how many goals were getting given up there. Yeah, that's a concerning thing that other teams are reading things so much. And but we'll hear in part two from the. New York City coach, and it's another coach saying he knew exactly how yeah. the Whitecats were going to play. Yeah, uh, the, the, but I then, think. But then, sorry, Rob Robbo was after the game was saying the same thing. He he was saying stuff about the New York City FC that we know what that they give up a lot of goals. We know how they give up their goals, and so he was saying similar things that the yeah. that they knew how to play. Every all coaches know if they watch. They do their enough research. They'll know exactly what the other team's going to do. I think the just back to the fact that New York had so many shots and it didn't seem like it was working. That team had been built in David Villa's image, and him True. missing was a big thing. He he's one of their top goal scorers. They have three players on eight goals, which is amazing. Yeah, it's a different. He might not even have point. been even if he hadn't missed the All Star game. I'm not sure he was fully recovered anyway. No, for I, this I one. agree. Yeah, um, but Morales for all the the talk beforehand about how good he's been. He was like very ineffective, and you've got to give the Caps credit. I, I just think it was all right, a kind of workmanlike, all round defensive yes. effort. Yeah, and that's what's been lacking so much yeah. in a lot of the games where we've given up points. And the fullbacks had a great game, which really helped yes. that you know four across the back yeah. solid structure. Caps took the lead. I I was stunned. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think was I, it like their second attack or something like that? Of yeah. note, it wasn't really. Yeah, the uh, first attack was a half attack. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a great individual goal, but at the same time, how does a team let a guy run from inside his own half completely unchallenged? Mm-hmm. There's four guys around him, and get off a shot, which he really had no right to put away. No, a keeper should have got to that. When he took this shot, it was like, oh. Well, no, and the, and the thing is, I, I want to give credit to Colin Miller, uh, who's been on the show before. He On the radio, he basically said the goalkeeper went down on installments. He went down, <laughs> like It was like taking his time getting down to the ball. Yeah, mm. um, yeah it's definitely one that uh, a, a starter would have stopped. I think the starter's Sean Johnson. Yeah. yeah. I think he might have been able to get down and stop that one. Yeah. It was yeah. a Stover, was his name? Stu- yeah. Stuver. Stuver, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think goalie should have done better, but... You have to credit um, Mosquita for uh, driving yeah. like right at oh, yeah. the heart of the defense. How many times would we would we see a Whitecaps player kind of look for someone to do a one-two with or something? He's one of the few players who can actually go that directly. On and the thing team. is, the, the pitch is so small that yeah. it only takes a couple of strides before you have to like you get into a scoring position as well. Shoot from the halfway line if you want. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he had the confidence as well yeah. to to go for that, which which is great for a guy that's not. I mean, it was one of his his rare good starts mm-hmm. and that's what we need more from him we know what he can do 
And that's what frustrates me. We've yeah, seen him do yeah. it off the bench. We've seen him do it in things like this. But does he? Is he going to get a reputation now for the guy who can shoot long shots? Because he has that that one, the last minute equaliser against Real Salt Lake. Yeah, that's the and one then, that immediately popped into my head. Yeah, like he's had two long, dis- a couple of free kicks. Is he going to be the guy that goes down in the Whitecaps Ring of Honor as the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the long range yeah, expert? Exactly. He could be our special teams player if we if we change the rules. Bring on a guy for a <laughs> big kick. Now after that. You knew then that New York were going to up the pressure. They fired into the side netting, but it it looked they crashed one off the bar as well, which was very fortunate. It then looked like the Caps had got to half time. To give a goal up again at the end of a half was just so frustrating. So typical. And yeah, watching it back as well. I mean, I. I cried Jesus when it happened and he scored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Jesus, I, I believe, is his actual name. But breaking it down, watching it back this morning, definitely some defensive bits you want back there. Yeah. Levi's jumped into a tackle, missed it completely. The guy just easily mm. side footed him. Even before that, Tybert was kind of caught out because I think he thought the ball was going out and then the guy cut back in. Yeah, and Felipe appealed for a foul or something. Yeah. When they did when they when the referee after the goal was you know had his hand to his ear and was looking for the video assistant ref. I thought everyone was talking about the offside that it, that Burgett might have been offside, but I thought it was the instant before because in MLS not anywhere else they review all the way back yeah. to like whenever they win the ball. Like, back. Yeah, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> exactly. And that happened today too in a game or yesterday. Oh yeah, there's a, a few contentious things both way with our, but it also then went through two Whitecaps players and mm-hmm. Marinovic's legs. Could he have done better? I, I think he could, but it was maybe shielded. Yeah, it just I, felt I think, he could I think do Levi, better because Levi's uh, flashed in front of him. Maybe he just lost track of the ball at that time. Yeah, and and he didn't realize that. Maybe he didn't realize the player was going to go. Uh, Jesus was going to go right. I think he went right. Yeah. Um, so we because Levi's went this way across him, and then yeah, he the went right, and then stepped. and then I'm not going to do like a, a demonstration like Zach did last week. <laughs> um, and, and so I think Marinovic could have done better, but he might have lost the ball too, like uh, in in that moment. And but, that happens but, to the best goalies in the world the yeah. between the feet. I, I don't think it's very hard because if you're the goalie, it, to save that you have to time your feet closing. To oh, kick yeah. the ball you have away. To time it to perfection. Yeah, that's pretty difficult. There was a lot of criticism from Marinovic I saw online, which I find confusing because I didn't think I thought he was one of the better players. You have to channel your frustration to someone. Yeah. I guess. I think he was the man of the match almost because just because of the first save. I, I think so many folk just want to pile on the team just in general at, yeah. at times, but obviously that was one goal given up. We, we give goals up in two, so that we knew there was another one yeah. coming. Didn't quite expect it 44, 44 seconds into the second half. That was a nightmare minute before, nightmare minute after. And it was a nice goal from, from New York City. But I also, I, I do possibly think that Berger, Berger, Berget, whatever he is, I think he was borderline offside, mm-hmm. but it wasn't clear and obvious. Uh, it was a hor- uh, on, the, on TV, they showed a horrible camera angle. Yeah. It was like not even, you know, how was anybody, unless they had different camera angles on the on, for VAR itself, maybe yeah. they did. But what was Gazal doing on that goal? Yeah. The, there was one when the ball comes over and he gets it, and then he inexplicably doesn't look at the guy with the ball and then just runs towards the middle, stops, and he's like, oh, yeah. he's got the ball behind me. He entered the box unopposed because yeah. yeah. everyone was backing off. Like if he shot there... Like and he took a snapshot of the moment the shot was taken, it would have been hilarious to see the two centre backs at the penalty spot. Yeah, while your man with, is wide with open. one with his back to him. <laughs> yeah, what? 
Yeah. I, that was just baffling to me. That, that's another thing. Like, I, I remember Andrew Jacobson used to do that a lot too. There, he did it a couple times. No, not a lot, sorry. He did it a couple, he got caught a couple times in the box where he gave too much space to the attacker. Mm. And I, I mentioned it last year too that maybe it's a, a holding, you know, defender's yeah. uh, mentality where they think they have more time to allow mm. the player to go before they I don't know if he thought him. Franklin was possibly there. Maybe. I'm not really sure where but Franklin was in that. But If if the Whitecaps are, are intent on playing that kind of, you know, scramble kind of defending, that, you know, some con- some teams do really well, like, um, you know, Uruguay and Atletico Madrid and, yeah. like, Chelsea, Man United, those kind of teams. You can't... That cannot happen at all at any point when you play that kind of a system. Yeah. So you have to, you know, you have to fix, fix, fix that so it doesn't happen again, you know? I guess it was a needs-must situation having him in there. After that, you thought New York City would just go on and yeah. kill the game off. I was surprised. The lack of killer instinct from them. Just, there was nothing really from them. They had a couple of half chances. There was one of the corners, I think it was Ring possibly, that curled it just yeah. wide. Ring that, was fantastic. Yeah. A very solid player to watch. Yeah. A lot of nice little fouls about to break yeah. up plays, which is what you what you have to do, but... And then he got a stinger. And it's like we've all had a ring sting. It's like we've all been there. It's not nice. But the Whitecaps, I th- from what then felt like a throwaway game, Robbo made subs that kind of indicated that it wasn't. The halftime sub will come to in the second part when we talk about some of the players. But then brought on Reyna and Davies. Immediately there's a spark there. Obviously, whenever they bring Davies on or whenever he's on the ball now... Other teams are focused on him, which does free. It's going to free up mm-hmm. other guys to do stuff. But Davies then had a great effort from outside the box. But it took him some time to get into the game. I think. Yeah, well, he was he fouled did. out of every run he tried. Yeah, to yeah he did. He's but he's going to have that now. Yeah, but I think like there's a couple there were, of sandwiches. There was. Yeah. A, uh, but he. But I think normally he would have if he had like uh, started the game, for example. By then, I think he would have been able to get by those guys. But I think he, I don't think he comes well off the bench, it seems well, like. Going mm. back to the pitch thing, it's so narrow. Oh, all yeah. he can do is go central. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I, I read an interesting tweet from a, from a journalist who said they don't allow journalists on the pitch because they're concerned that they will, mark, they will like step to see how wide it is. <laughs> So, so journalists we, are never allowed on the pitch. So we don't actually know how what Yeah, the because are. it's right on the minimum length or width I've I've heard for, I've heard FIFA. some people say that and I, I, I can't I wish I could credit the person who said it it was on a uh, radio interview that they said that they the dimensions of the pitch is actually less than what they say yeah I yeah. think I'm it is surprised. but I think if I remember the rules correctly for the size of a pitch it can be anywhere between like x and then the next is 2x like it can be twice as yeah. I think the, the minimum though is 100 and they don't think it's 100 yeah I wouldn't be surprised yeah out of the blue, kinda. I mean, the Whitecaps were—they were enjoying their best spell of pressure with the ball, but bam, two-two. Lovely passing move, which but I didn't really appreciate it until I watched it back this morning. There was eight passes in that build-up. Oh, that's a uh, season high. Yeah, <laughs> and it went on for what seemed like ages. I should have checked the time as well, but I was rushing to get out the door. But then it ended with Shea putting in a perfect cross to Hurtado, e money. In the back of the net. Somebody at the back post. Yes. Yeah. But Shea as well. We know he can do that. He just doesn't, which is what's frustrating. Yeah. If he got a more of a run, would he deliver more balls like that? Or is the fact that he was kind of left back by that point? It seemed like is he that maybe where he better. is best yeah. suited? I don't know. 
Maybe maybe he needed more space. To, like we said, this, maybe it was the pitch yeah. thing again. Mm-hmm. He didn't have enough because mm-hmm. Mo- the game against Montreal. Yeah, the second leg of the against Montreal. I thought he played really well in that game, and I think maybe he just needed more space in the, playing a left back. Well, he nearly won it too because he rattled a free yeah. kick off the yeah. bar. I didn't now, know he had that in his now, locker. Now yeah, that that one, this is the epitome of Brexier. He rattles it off the bar, showing how skillful he is, and then after the ball comes out. Not very many people probably noticed this. They start go making the break back, and Brexier's just standing there, <laughs> looking at them. And then he goes, "Oh, I got to run!" And then yeah. he starts running. Oh, I'm left back. <laughs> <laughs> back to the goal. Just one thing I noticed after I watched the replay. I actually missed the goal the first time because I was holding my son, and because uh, he threw up on my my shirt. And uh, I, I saw Reina. Reina <laughs> they weren't was, even wearing the raindrop kits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Reina was the other person in the box. And yes. he was closer to Shea. And he was in the middle, right? He was he yeah. was right in the middle with several defenders around him, which is why Hurtado was uh, free. free. Yeah. But when the ball came in and knowing he probably knew that it was way too high for him, he made like a little dart towards the goalkeeper. And that's why the goalkeeper came oh. out towards that group of players. And that's why Hurtado had that ta- like basically a tap in. Yeah, so which, much yeah, room. Yeah, it's just a little motion that he did, which shows you know the kind of confidence yeah. that he has. In it was him. a little bit too close to the keeper yes, though for my liking yes. because a better keeper could possibly have got a stronger Absolutely. hand than that. I had a MLS keeper you think you? Yeah. I'll still take that. It was it was a well earned point. I was disappointed though in the, the last the closing minute seconds, we had those free kicks. Yeah. And instead of putting them in the box, trying to sneak what would have been a massive win and a very much needed win, but just trying to kill time. Happy not to lose. It would have been the most Whitecaps thing ever if they conceded a goal from a counter-attack. So maybe they just well, know their own well. limitations. They have been hit a couple of times, but it was just frustrating because it's like, go for it. He's going to blow the whistle any second. Yeah, We've had disappointing results this season. We've been battered this season. The one thing we haven't had too much of is being killed in the last minute of a game. So yeah. they probably knew it was on the on the script if they did go for it. Yeah, probably. Anyway, we'll be back with some more chat about the players and hear from both head coaches after this. Hi, I'm Eric Hurtado, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm not saying I hate New York. Never been. But I like that song. By the Teenage Mothers. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. We're going to continue some Whitecaps NYC chat in this part as well. Going to kick things off, though, by hearing from both head coaches. You heard our thoughts in part one as to what we thought of the game. So, first of all, we're going to hear from New York City's Torrent. A lot of the questions, there was 11 minutes he had, and a lot of them were in Spanish, which oh. really I wasn't expecting oh, in New York City. So we got some of the English ones out of this, and then we'll hear from Robo. Who are the Warriors? In 20 minutes, uh, we play really well. But after that, 
It's the same the last uh, three games, uh, even against Orlando. We lost the control in 10 minutes and, and we defend deep. I, I don't know why, but I don't like to defend deep. But after that, uh, we draw the game. Vancouver seemed willing to let you have the ball, have possession. How do you go about playing against a team that seems willing to play a little bit more defensive on the road? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, we know exactly when the the way uh, the Vancouver play he uh, used many many times the counter-attack because uh, they don't start to play with Reyna on or Davis but they use uh, a lot of time the counter-attack they uh, they are comfortable when they defend deep and regain the ball and, and, and play quickly especially when these three players uh, especially Reyna sometimes Teixeira and Davis and we knew uh, we knew that uh, this team play in that way, and it's not it's not easy to to play against us. But that is the reason why we pl we play uh, today four three three. Our wing was wide, and I think uh, we we found many many times, especially in the left side, Ismail Ismail all the time uh, was uh, free. And this is our intention, play with the wingers wide and they close all the time inside and defend deep. And the best way for me, the, the attack uh, uh, when the open and defend deep and close inside is the uh, wingers wide. And I think we, we, don't, we didn't play bad, uh, we have to improve, I, I, I know. But uh, I'm, I'm happy in the first half, in about 20-25 minutes, uh, as well in the second is the, in the second half in the first in the first 25 minutes after that we are in trouble because uh, again we defend deep I don't know why but uh, we defend deep yeah. and when uh, a team defend deep sometimes uh, you have uh, lucky like uh, against Orlando but sometimes not the boys are happy um, I think when you look at the, the big picture, um, you know, and I say this every week, I love that group in there. I really do love them boys. And when they play like that and perform like that and give me absolutely everything, that's the reason why I love these boys. And if you would have known the travel schedule we had and the day before our tra uh, game yesterday, training day, we weren't able to be on the training pitch. We were training down by the path station on a, a quagmire um, and they produced a, a character performance like that. I'm, I'm so proud of them. I love them to bits. You're always talking about taking your chances. Nico Mesquita, Eric Hurtado, they took those chances. How big was it to see the squad depth come and shine through here? Well, yeah, very important. Um, obviously, uh, the two centre-backs, uh, I changed both full-backs. Jake's got an injury with his hamstring. Obviously, Brett Levi was, was due a game. Uh, the two centre-backs, uh, Mondi was, was excellent, and Ali has dropped into that role for me. Um, so there was always rotation going to be uh, done in this game because we've got a big game in Toronto. Um, Fonzie comes on, he was tired. You could see the effects of a, a long week for him. You know, Bug didn't get any minutes. You already got 20 minutes, looked sharp when he came on. And credit to Eric Otardo as well, because he's been really, really patient um, throughout this year. And he, he hasn't complained. He's got on with his business. He's got a super finish. And he's, he's put himself right in the shop window now for me. What do you think is this draw could do for the team going forward? They're as good a team as we played. You know, they, they move the ball very well. Tactically, they're very smart. I think we limited them in the first half, and I think they made adjustments in the second, which caused us problems. Uh, when that happens and you're away from home, it's important you hang in there. We saw last week when we 
scored three against Minnesota and were flying. Uh, they hung in there. They got one goal. It went 3-2 and then it went 4-2. Uh, today was similar. You know, we were under the cosh a little bit. We defended for our lives like you need to do. They were a really good passing team because they got really good players. Um, but they couldn't get, you know, the two goals we gave away were bad goals. The first, just before halftime, it was a, a poor bit of defending. And the second one, we got caught under it and the centre forward ran, Berger ran in behind my centre back. And it's a, it's a good goal by them, but it's a bad goal from us. But, Start of the second half, end of the first half, uh, but we didn't go under. The boys continued to go, and while we were only one goal behind, we know we've, we will create a chance because of the players we've got. The gaffers there talking about the Whitecaps draw in New York City. That's what gaffers do. And yeah, Robo mentioned there about the shambles of the training on Friday. They, Double booked. Yeah, they turned up in Hoboken. Hoboken. Ho- 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 Hoboken. Hobotown, whatever it is. <laughs> and the pitch was double booked with some kids camp. Which, which is more your, important. Yeah, not your ideal preparation. Not sure whose fingers should be pointed at, at what there, but... yeah. Yeah, they found a park somewhere, didn't they? Or well, he said they trained down at the path station. Oh, I don't know, don't know if it was on the tracks or not. But <laughs> but he also mentioned an interesting thing there that Eric Hurtado, that performance, had put him in the shop window as if he's possibly wanting to trade him. Unless mm-hmm. he just meant in his mind he's put him in, in his plans for moving forward. Yeah. But I took it to mean that he's possibly sent a message to others in the league that, hey, come and trade for this guy. Because we've got a couple of days left that the transfer window's open. Yeah, but even if you even if you trade for Hurtado, if you're doing it to make up uh, open up cap space, Hurtado's not on that much no. money. Where it's going to be going in somebody specific. No, and the cap space is the White Caps' biggest issue right yeah. now. Yeah. In terms of transfer activity, so moving him yep. would make almost no sense. Yeah, we're we're kind of screwed in in that regard unless we get a couple of our big guys off, which we will look at in this part. Mm-hmm. Now, Robo had a new polo shirt on. Yeah. It was an All Saints one. That's a, a London brand. Been Is in that their... a band too? Oh well, yeah, it was an all girls band. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I think they've got a shop in San Francisco. I'm pretty sure I w- was in it in San Francisco. Their stuff is pricey over here. It's not as bad in the UK but obviously he makes a lot of money but to me it looked like it was a satanic goat's head that was on it it turns out it's a ram's head it's part of their their ram's head range but I think he made a deal with the devil to get that point possibly using Sam satanic mm-hmm. allocation money <laughs> was that why Blondell was taken off at half time was he sacrificed <laughs> will we ever see him again yeah, I think if he was going to make a deal with the devil, he'd get more than one point. That was my point as well. <laughs> yeah. But maybe maybe like the, the powers that be in the universe... Deals off. Deals off. Yeah, like, he could have been speaking to the devil, and the devil would be like, a win is like too unrealistic for you guys right now. Yeah, I thought it would be really suspicious yeah. if you yeah. get three points from this one. So wear this shirt and have a draw. <laughs> that, that could have been the deal. Maybe they didn't sacrifice enough, which is why Shay's shot hit the bar. Mm. If they had done a double sacrifice... The player they in. sacrificed wasn't on a big enough contract. Yeah. That's how well, the devil measures Talking it. of Blondell and big contracts, he's on 295,000. I'll, I'll have you know. Not bad money if you can get it. No. Being a lovely city, not do much. I'll, I'll do that. He has one goal, right? Just to be, Yes. Yeah. And he got the assist on the first goal. Yeah. 
it's one of those borderline assists. Yeah. I, it was like Alfonso Davies' first yeah. assist last week. Yeah, <laughs> it's really realistically, it's not an assist to me, but it, officially it is. But mm. I thought he had another poor outing. Yeah, but he's not at the same point. He's not being set up to succeed. He's getting thrown into weird games, weird lineups, weird. Teams around him. No chemistry with yeah. the players that are Still playing. Still not with got him. to see him and Kamara up front, which is what I've been wanting yeah. to see. I think earlier in the season when he had a relative good period, it was him and Reina we were all excited about, right? Yeah, because yeah, pre-season, preseason they were yeah, on fire I, together. I think, I think they had one through ball. Reina had one through ball to Reina, and that uh, Reina had one through ball to, to yeah. Blundell that got everyone excited. Yeah, they got yeah. a couple of goals each, yeah. assists on each of them. It was a tough match for him. I think. Anyone would have probably struggled up front. Do you think he could be a player where it's not going to go well for him in the first year, but you know he maybe needs a year to kind of get his bearings? I know nobody wants to hear that because... He has goals in him. We know yeah. that. Yeah. Can you take that risk? I mean, they have invested, I think his contract's till 2020 or 2021. So so it's might, a long-term contract. Yeah, so you might lose something if you if you give up on him well, too they, soon. They could yeah. sell him back to How much was he South America. I'm not sure. They never really released their... Okay. I don't sign him for I th- it. I th- I th- it might have been a free. Yeah, it might have been a free. I don't think there was a transfer fee. I don't really? think they would pay a transfer fee after, although he, although it kind of worked out, October yeah. Rivero, I don't know if they were going to pay a transfer well, fee. Well, he, he was Rivero. top goal scorer in the, yeah, the Venezuelan, Venezuelan League. He just 20, might have been available after that. I, I remember there was a transfer oh, fee. Was and I remember um, Leonard Duzzi saying um, that, that it was quite a big transfer fee, but they never actually released huh. the numbers. We'll get Steve to fact-check this as, okay. as we go through. I... I don't want to give up on him. And we do know he can score. Yeah. As he's, he's shown and he's young, in Venezuela. Right? And he, yeah, he's yeah. young. But he needs to... I mean, if the Whitecaps do buy out of the playoffs and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, that's when you need to give him a run and have him and Kamara up front yeah. playing your two up front. Kamara is going to be a year older next year. Mm-hmm. He's maybe not going to be able to do as much. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But another player that's not doing much, and that is on a, an even bigger salary of three hundred four thousand, Bernie Abini. Yeah, worst Whitecaps transfer in recent years. We, we don't do well with these summer additions. No. I'm trying to think of a player that has made less of an impact on that kind of money. Um, like usually they have some kind of mm. return on investment, but Abini had one goal against Colorado. Is that like? I think I remember Tim Howard not saving one of his shots. I can't that remember went right what Diego Rodriguez was on. But I think he was on quite a high, two hundred and something, but not as high as three or yeah. four. I can't even remember who Diego Rodriguez is. Mm. I remember Sebastian Fernandez, but all these names are too similar. Yeah, but I mean Bernie Abini, A League is a possible landing spot for him. Of course, yeah, returning. But back who there. would give him more money than three hundred yeah. and four? Maybe back to to Belgium. He yeah. had success there. But like, if you're a scout for a Belgian team and you've looked at his performances why would you fork out yeah. anything even if the White Caps let him go for free but it, it felt like he had a bad game but he did have 19 touches and 78% passing accuracy so was he as bad as it appeared am I just being too critical am I being blinkered as I often get accused of being on certain players I no because the thing is I didn't I don't remember him being mentioned at all in the in the broadcast, like uh, you rarely ever remember him. I know you said nineteen touches, but I, I don't. There weren't. I don't, doesn't feel like there were vital no. touches at any point. No. How, how did your research go on Blundell? Oh, okay. Uh, so I I checked transfer market because I didn't think there was going to be anything. Now I'm not hundred percent sure on this, but it looks like because there's two numbers here. It's either five hundred forty thousand pounds 
or 983,000 pounds. Because there's, yeah. it's MV and fee. I'm, th- I'm assuming MV might be salary, maybe. And then fee is obviously the transfer fee. But that, but it's hard to. That I, also I, might just be what they are kind of guessing. Yeah, it's, it's also guess previous, and all this yeah. kind of previous stuff. Previous to that, it was all question marks. In the in his previous two times, he got mm-hmm. transferred somewhere. I okay. This is just based off pure memory. I remember someone saying something about seven figures. So so it could be nine eight or eight oh. three yeah. pounds. Yeah, that's terrifying for yeah. a returner again they're definitely not getting rid of him that quickly no. and remember they, they had to snap him up like they he was, was, uh, he was announced interested. so early yeah. like right after the season ended because there was so much interest in him yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually the, the I, I think it's a thing where they're gonna they are they, they, uh, they, they might be maybe a thing where he's homesick or something maybe he's taking time to mm. acclimatize because it's the first time out of the country yeah. and maybe he just needs an extra year to get going or something he's like. also had to learn the language and there's been a few other issues because when we I think he was brought in first if I'm not mistaken then Kamara came in and we were yeah. talking about how we're not we don't have to rely on Bondell to score all the goals we've got Kamara yeah. to score all the yeah. goals so that maybe this is kind of exactly what we were talking but about you, but, you guys have been around the team more than me does he get along with the other guys oh yeah. He, yeah yeah there's no like issues that you think there that no he, he seems to him and Rain are, are quite close okay. they, they've hung out a lot and I can't remember there was someone else that was hanging out with him a bit as well but if you've got a guy then like Eric Hurtado who's on lower salary yeah. coming on and performing like that as well, you've got Meyer Bevan who's going to be itching for his chance. Theo Bear has been signed for next year as well. Yeah. So, I mean... Play three up front. So yeah. That's the solution. 4-3-3. 3-4-3. <laughs> Let's just be really adventurous. <laughs> A- any other poor showings for you from the, the New York City game? Uh, I thought everyone else fulfilled their role pretty well quickly trying to scan through the rest of the players that came on I'm a little yeah. concerned about Brett Levi's but Robbo thought he played well yeah I thought he was he was okay he was okay I think yeah. he was just but that again, one mistake again he didn't make that... it past the 70 minute mark but I think that might have been tactical I think it might have been hmm. this week but he has talked about cramp and stuff yeah and that happened to the Canadian Championship as well and Robbo said afterwards it's not ideal yeah it's something he really has to sort out if yeah. he wants to have a long term future here because I think the best um a compliment I can think off the top of my head for Levi's performance was that New York always went down their left side, so the Whitecaps right side. Yeah. So they didn't. They wanted to stay but away from him. Remember another player who um, it, it, um, tends to deal with cramps a lot, and especially when I see him start games, is Eric Hurtado. Remember that mm. there's a couple of times when we saw him in person, um, in the, especially in the preseason, where he had to take those uh, those uh, uh, hydration pills or whatever. They, they you see him taking pills on the side or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking? Do you remember what? Are I'm those those vinegar pills to stop cramp? Wow. Stop something like that. Yeah. There's something that he was taking with water or something. That. Like that. Yeah, I do. I remember that. Yeah. I I seen it a couple times when he's played when he started and he's playing a full ninety. That I've seen him on the sideline doing that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, talking to Eric Hurtado. Oh, I was really pleased for him. Eh? Oh yeah. He, he's he he works really hard at training, and last season was the season we kind of came full circle on him. We feel he is an asset to the team, especially on that salary. He's patient as well. Robo always talks about he's not a guy that comes banging the door saying, when am I going to play? When am I going to get my minutes? And he is good for three, four goals in a season. Mm, for sure. And important goals, it seems like, every time. Well, it seems you, you can almost synthesize it down to he has gotten points for the Whitecaps. Oh, for sure. In his MLS career. Yeah. 
um today like like not uh, this Columbus. weekend yeah and uh, the one I, the, the Kansas City one just always sticks yeah, to me cuz that goal was so outrageous to begin with but he he won yeah. 3 points by himself last season well that's being a little bit kind of simplistic but and he got a point for us today you know? and, and I, I think the year before it was Columbus where he scored that amazing goal too i would certainly have in my head a Blundell just now yeah. in in the strikers picking order anyway hopefully you don't have to let go of either of them that's that's the way i would edge towards right now um because Blundell has potential, and that's what that's why you pay the money for him. Um, yeah. If if a good offer comes in, that covers your costs. So that's the salary you've paid him and the transfer fee you've paid for him. Well, I don't. I then, don't mind. The, I don't care it. about the salary. I'm more of the transfer fee. If they yeah, can break yeah. even on the transfer I, fee, just, then I do. I don't care. I just want production. <laughs> oh, the ice cream man is here. I was wondering why the, why there was silence. Everyone was distracted. Yeah. Oh, I, I love a good ice cream in the summer. And you know who else does? Eric, it's a hot day, obviously not just now. But if it was a hot day and you decide you wanted to get some ice cream, what would be your ice cream flavour of choice? Oh, maybe some like salted caramel or like Belgian brownie. Some brownie chunks in the chocolate. Oh, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Eric. That's great. Cheers, man. Ice cream man. Ring your bell. Play the music I've learned to love so well. Haven't done this with you guys. Favorite flavor of ice cream, Steve? I'm a simple guy, vanilla. Oh, Ooh, interesting. Uh, Oreo, I think. Oh. I had some. I had some. Actually, yesterday I was in Granville Island. I had Oreo on the bottom with um, blackberry on the top. Now that's controversial, I know, mm. but it was one of the best ice cream cones I had right. in the recent time. Actually, I would go if I were going to go a little adventurous. I go French vanilla. Oh, yeah. You like your Frenchies? Ali, ali. I, I'm a mint choc chip. Mm. I do like a raspberry ripple. I've kind of started to really like that. It takes me back to my childhood again. Yeah. And of course, a 99, which oh, you don't do here. They don't do them here. I know. They're more expensive now. In, in Ireland, they are anyway. But yeah. yeah. If anyone doesn't know what a 99 is, it's a whippy cone with a flake in it. The flake is the best part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I could murder one of those just now. Anyway, back to the show. Felipe. Let's talk about him for a little bit. I liked what he did at the end. He's kind of been described before as kind of one of those niggly little players that gets under folk's skin. And I think he was doing that in the closing minutes, just going down, holding his head. He might have genuinely had a concussion. I was a little bit concerned at one point. But we need somebody that's going to infuriate opponents like that. And, and he's and the, New York C- the boxes. The New York City FC fans knew him and they booed him right away. Oh, yeah. They knew what he was up to immediately. It's great when he's on your team. But yeah. Oh, yeah. He's one of those guys that, yeah. Side. Russell Tiber, another point where he is, or another game where he is in, and we haven't lost. Yeah. Do you think it was good, bad? Mid- I think it was, it was. It wasn't his best game yeah, of the year, but he definitely he didn't yeah. make many horrendous errors. Yeah. No. The first goal, he he dove in like a, a couple other players did, mm-hmm. but other than that, I thought he played a solid game. He does things that other players don't do consistently, which yeah. you know, in a system, in an MLS style system, is so underrated. I think. Definitely wasn't one of his better games. And I, I read a, a description on the Take the Piss forum of, of his performances that he was being thrown about a little bit like a rag doll at times, which... That's doing a him a disservice, harsh. I think, yeah. He's not that kind of player. If he if he's doing that, it's because he has to. Yeah. Um, Gazal and um, whoever else is in it, Felipe, even I would put it, more physical type of player than yeah. he is supposed to be. So man of the match, before we give ours, who scored had Nico 
at 7.87, just ahead of Breck Shea at 7.61, and Felipe at 7.13. Hurtado, as a sub, got 7.06, which is very telling, considering he was on on at half-time. Then the bottom, for just starters only, worst performance, Brett Levi, 6.17. Aaron Morn got 6.45. seems low for him, because I thought he was one of their better players. Yeah. Ebini, 6.47, and Blondell and Marinovic were 6.53. Marinovic got 6.53. Mm. I think because he let two goals. Goalie, if a goalie lets in a couple goals, he's going to go down. But that's safe. And no, that's yeah. safe. They don't count. They, this one save versus two goals let in, that, that, yeah. that excuses But that save was anti-goal. That's, that's why these... I, I, I don't buy these no, totally. Well, they're they, going, they are stacked a bit. Like, Nico's top because he got a goal. Yeah. Shea's second because he got an assist. And, and part, hit the bar. And hit the bar. So you could absolutely like do that. nothing at all in a game. You could score a goal yeah. and you could be topping these things. I personally, for me, because of the initial save could have changed... That goal could have changed the thing. I got Marinovic as my man of the match. I think just for impact, uh, Reyna... Uh, just, I think he he yeah, benefits he so much from having Davies. He came on. He benefits so much from having Davies on the field because he, like you mentioned earlier, Michael is one of those players that gets freedom from the space that Davies creates because everyone's crapping their pants when Davies gets the ball. Yeah, I I would possibly go with Nico. I'm not too sure. One thing just before we wrap this up that I forgot to mention when we we're talking about Blundell and Hurtado, subbing him off at half time does not send a good message. No. And, I mean, it might be a knock that we don't no, know about. But uh, in the post-game, Robbo said that he was leggy. Leggy. Which is a favourite term now. Yeah, he likes leggy. So I think maybe yeah, maybe the not, not enough training on yeah. Friday maybe affected that. Maybe he wasn't like full, mm, fully ready to go. That's a concern. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back with a review of MLS West this week. Spoiler, did not go well for the Whitecaps. But we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Last night, I missed all the fireworks. I didn't miss them. No. Edinburgh band Idlewild there. But yes, Steve, you did not miss them. You were at English Bay Beach in yep. your, your banana hammock. Uh, no. Just no? blankets. Oh. Simple blankets. How were they? They were really good. Yeah. Uh, South Korea put it on a quite a show. Yeah, I heard from folk at my wife's Facebook that it was a really, really good mm. good show last yeah, night. Yeah, it was really good. I just cannot be bothered with crowds. Yeah. That's why I support East Fife. <laughs> so, like something we, we like go that. To, we go to once like, a year. We don't go to all three, just one. Uh, usually the first one or the last one because it's Saturday. Mm-hmm. And hit there like six o'clock, set, eat, eat our dinner there, have a picnic, and then just wait for the fireworks. Mm-hmm. And usually we're by ourselves, and then we just get surrounded by people, more and more people as the time <laughs> goes on, then we're surrounded. So in this part, we're going to look at what happened in MLS this week. Caps may have got a point that felt like a win and everything seemed great but look at the other results and it was not great we're still 7th but we did fall to 8th in points per game we're now 4 points off that playoff line 
Real Salt Lake, who had been on a bit of a wane, have suddenly picked up. We'll come to them. Shock of the weekend seemed to kick off the Western team's results. Well, for me, it was the shock of the weekend. San Jose went to Dallas and, and did a Whitecaps from yep. about a year ago. Yeah. Came away with a 3-1 win. Vaco set the Quakes on their way in the 19th minute. Then Roland Lama tied it up four minutes later. Now, at that point, I'm thinking, oh, Dallas, they're just going to go on, get the three points. They didn't, though. The Quakes, Jamir Haika. And then a second in the 88th minute from Vaco got the three points for San Jose. Is this the start of FC Dallas' downturn this year? Yeah. Well, Does it happen later? Yeah. I'm dropped- more concerned, is this the start of San Jose picking up? Because we play them twice. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. see that happening. They, they've only had three wins all season. Yeah. It's the first time yeah. they defeated somebody other than Minnesota in a body. Yeah, year. yeah, that's a fantastic. We play stat. them back to back. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna lose both those matches. They will be out for sure. Yeah, if yeah. we lose those, they were done. Make sure to tune in for the preview for those losses. <laughs> yes, I've got as then, which we're gonna come to as to what I think we're gonna be doing points wise. But I've got six points from those two games, or four. Four at worst. The, they have to do four minimum. Is it yeah. home and away? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, four is a reasonable. I think. Last game in August, first game in September. If we're still in it by that point. Anyway, <laughs> that result probably isn't going to affect the, the playoff positions too much. Because San, San Jose no. isn't going to do it. Dallas, barring an amazing collapse, should pretty much be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But a game that should likely will, Seattle. We really have kick-started their season. Yeah. And and th- this game, well, this game... Like it, it all happened late for Seattle too. Hmm. Minnesota had this game, and they should have put yeah. this game away earlier. Yeah, it's good that we know that Robo can give a team confidence, even if it's just the other team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. two goals in stoppage time for the Sounders. The second one was amazing. Yeah. That, that's the only goal I saw, but it, it was a fantastic yeah. finish. AFTN favorite, Will Bruin. Yes, even oh, if he was with Seattle, he's a man's man. That man, him and Kai Kamara up front. <laughs> what could have been <laughs> <laughs> that's four straight wins now for Seattle they're unbeaten in seven this is the form you want at this time of the season we're up and down other teams are up and down they're clearly the form team they're one point behind us they've got a game in hand uh, the only good thing was it kept Minnesota two points back yeah they had been on a little bit of a resurgence I think we killed that we've kick-started Seattle we've killed Minnesota <laughs> It might not have been a good choice. It went, went, went the other way around. Yeah, because Minnesota were going to fall at some point. Another thing is the deuce wasn't even in the 18, apparently. Yeah, I didn't know that to you. You yeah. just told me that off air. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting Recording one. Recording a rap album somewhere, maybe. Probably. The other thing about the Seattle and Whitecaps thing is the goal difference. Um, mm. Oh, that's going to be I haven't Seattle's even looked favorite. at yeah. goal difference. The Whitecaps have negative 10 and yeah. Seattle oh. are at negative 1. You don't even need to look at it. You know this. Because <laughs> yeah. when the Whitecaps lose, they lose big. Yeah, because yeah. Seattle, all their losses have been by like one nothing or the two one or something like that. Yeah, RSL don't have a good goal difference either. No. It's negative seven. Minus, don't say negative. negative <laughs> anyway, I just annoys me when folks say negative. Sorry. <laughs> Another shock, which maybe wasn't as big as San Jose's, but it definitely counts as a shock, was Colorado's two one win over a Zlatanless LA Galaxy. Zlatan pulled out of the All Star game, which meant no Zlatan. From yeah. Colorado. Well, we're within five points now of LA because of that. Mm. We're six behind. I can't see them going into free fall. No, but you never know. They're, they're another team that doesn't defend very well. And they yeah. they have to score two or three goals in order yeah. to 
uh, pull-out victory. Well, they took the lead in this one. Alison Drini had him in the lead at the half. And then Kellen Acosta, what a great oh. addition he's been. Yeah, as baffling as we all are by how he's ended up in Colorado. But uh, yet two in two games, five minutes after the break, and then the hero. If you want a hero, you have to look to a Scott. <laughs> Sam Nicholson was that man. He won it in the last minute. It was it was good stuff from the, the Rapids, but it ends their winless streak, which this time was just five games. And it's not as bad as it had been. It was nine or ten earlier. They're 14 points off the playoffs. They're not... Nothing's going to happen for them. Even if they win out, I think it's a impossible task for them. Yeah. But... Now, you're talking about fireworks. How about the next game? Whew, <laughs> yes. So I led with that since we're talking about fireworks. Yeah. Houston... SKC. Now, a 1-0 win for Houston on paper. Doesn't seem like fireworks, but... I saw the result. I thought, meh, read the recap. Oh, I have to watch a little bit (laughs) of this. Yeah, SKC talking of snapping five-game winless streaks. They did that. They didn't look fantastic against a Houston Dynamo team that finished with eight men and had their coach sent off. That's Whitecaps-esque. Yeah, that's the levels we aspire to. Yeah, we want to get to that level. Dynamo went down to 10 in the 14th minute. Fu and Mayor, straight red, really clattered yeah, but it didn't, Casey's 16-year-old. It, it didn't seem like a, send, like a, a sending-off type of like hit. Yeah, like, I think it's just because he went straight through him, though. It is, and also the hit on the head, it was more like the, I can't remember the 16-year-old's name, but... Busio. Yeah, he basically... His, his head was actually more... Towards the the Houston player, then and then it just. I just think back. any big head knock's going to get a red card. But it was I not. That might have been what the rule change was. was wasn't an elbow. Wasn't a shoulder. No. Even it was just a body on body hit. I think that was over, like like over exaggerated call there. Then half time, Wilmer Cabrera got sent off in the tunnel for arguing with referee. Probably Chris on that because p- of that play. Because probably he doesn't yeah. agree with that. Then. Diego Rubio gets the winner in the 74th minute. That's, he's a substitute. That's, that's nothing, man. He, he's substitute. Yeah, although he did get an assist from the 16-year-old. Yeah. Everyone's getting these young kids. Mm-hmm. We've set the trend. Robo is a trendsetter. <laughs> Not just with his satanic dress <laughs> either. Then Houston just lost the plot. He finished the match with eight men. Darwin Seren and Albert Ellis was sent off in stoppage time. Now, both first of all, this one of them... The VAR called down to get a review on it, and he wasn't able to review it because Houston... Uh, the fans were just chucking tons it. of stuff, so he which, let the, the Which booth. is why you don't put that review playing right in yeah. the, at the end of, near the supporters. I, I think Orlando's the other one that's got it in a really weird place in, in front Vancouver, of the fans. In Vancouver, it's in front of the south side as well. No, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's front of the curva side. Yeah, it was it's a little, a little bit further forward, but yeah, you Where my old season things. tickets were, I could, I think on a good day, yeah. I could get With the Rain City Brigade <laughs> in there, it's like, there's every chance something yeah, could get thrown at them. Yeah, they do put it in really weird places. And, and Halfway I, line. The Ellis one, what they showed on TV, didn't seem like a sending off to me. It was more no. of a battering, like they, they bumped into each other mm. more than any, there was no hands to the face, there was nothing like that. So I don't know, I don't get it. The, the, some of these could be overturned like the yeah. Martinez one was. I mean, Houston's out of the playoff picture just now anyway. That's not going to help them. At least they play Columbus next week because my immediate act- reaction was, oh my God, who are they playing next week? Two weeks later, they play RSL. If that had been next week, yeah. missing all those guys and then possibly three points to RSL, that would have hit us so hard. Mm-hmm. Now, RSL, disappointingly, got a win against Chicago, who despite having Bastian Schweinsteiger are pretty awful. Yeah, good strike by him, though. 
Yeah, that's cool. He, he did get the the fire, but their team that, to draw them level at one the, point. They're another team that seems like a good team, but they're not really having results. Chicago, this year. yeah, yeah. TFC on paper beat them they twice, seem, home yeah. and away. RSL's now beating them. RSL were taking the lead, and Basti scored just se- after. They're second from the bottom of the East. Mm. So uh, they're a team that coming into the year was supposed to be good, but yeah. not, nothing. You like can't that. see like I I like their coach. He's great fun to talk to. He's not going to see out this season. Yeah, no. Well, he'll see it the season, but not next, definitely not next year. He might not even see it the season. As soon as they're out of the playoffs, that could yeah. be then when they pull the trigger on him. I could see that. Shame. Um, but yeah, RSL, three minutes into stoppage time in the first half was when <laughs> they took the lead. Then Basti tied it up. And then 15 minutes from time, guy that got the two goals, Damir Krylash. That stopped a three-game winless run for RSL. Yeah. We don't want them all of a sudden finding form because th- them, us and Seattle, I think are the teams battling for that sixth spot. And I think Seattle's the favourites just now. But if RSL get the points on the board and you've got an informed Seattle, we're slowly getting pushed out of the picture. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's really... I know you probably don't expect it, but the only team that looks like out of touch is FC Dallas. Even Portland is only seven points out, like away from Vancouver. Like, They've got three games in hand. I understand the, th- the three <laughs> yeah. games in hand, is th- but they have to win those. Yeah. Uh, but the other teams, like they got two games. Some couple of teams have even like LA Galaxy and RSL with us. The, the, it's not. It's not out of the question. One of these no, teams. No, we have to go on a run. Somebody and has, has to go on. But a, yeah. do you, do you a have fall? confidence that the Caps can pull a run? No, together? but I also have confidence <laughs> that somebody's going to fall. Yeah, yeah. I, I can believe someone can fall. Yeah. It's whether we can string the results That's together. True. Yeah. Because Portland. Like they won comfortably three 0 over Philly. Yeah, that was. I mean, and you would think about uh, we have the game in midweek against uh, Toronto. Yeah. Then there's next weekend's game. I can't remember who it's against. That's Portland. Yeah, uh, that's massive. And now. if the Caps have a good game against Toronto, the first game, they're going to rest players for that Portland game yeah. anyway. Like that would be the think, right thing I to do. Honestly, don't think they can. I think they have to run their full strength team for these three games. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I, I would. I would say the. The reasonably rested the re- injured and rested the players this week was in order to have that three game run for the. Uh, I think so, but again, it's like New York. You are going to a Portland side. They've equaled their their all time record for an undefeated streak, which was what fifteen games. Ten of them's wins. Yeah, they've given up thirteen goals in those games. They're up to second in the West, seven points ahead of us, but they've got three games in hand. We're not going to catch them if no, we lose next not. week, no matter what. I agree with you with Portland, but, but the other two, the other team, somebody could fall. I just think it's massive next week. I don't think you you can take your foot off that. Oh no, you have to go into Portland. You also want to draw. to stop them setting their all time record of, of wins. and it's a Cascadia Cup game yeah. too. Yeah, and we haven't started that off great from Seattle. No, the the last game of the weekend was today. Red Bulls two, LAFC one. Don't need to talk too much about that. What I do want to look at. The West is looking tougher and tougher now for the Caps. We've got 11 games left. So, th- 33 points on the table. We're on 30 just now. We can get to 63. That might even win us the Supporters Shield. <laughs> I don't think it will this year, but it should win us the West. It's not going to happen. I can't see us winning out. It would just be absolutely amazing if we did. I think we need at least 48 to, to make the playoffs. Possibly 50-51. It's tough. It really depends who takes points off other teams. 
Look at who we've got left. Portland away, Red Bulls at home, San Jose home and away, Sanders at home, Dallas at home, Galaxy away, TFC away, KC at home, LAFC away, Portland at home. Now, seven of those games are against teams that are currently in playoff spots. You've got games against TFC in Seattle who are pushing to get in. They're desperate to get in, especially TFC. I think it's a, a hard run in. I thinking realistically 14 to 17 points. That's me being optimistic. And that's not going to get us in the playoffs. Yeah, I looking at it in this context... It's going to be very difficult. Like we, like math is kind of the saving, the last resort you go to when you're in this situation. Yeah. Like oh, how many? Like if a team's getting relegated or something, all anyone talks about yes. is oh, but you know you can't do that. It's a six pointer, that kind yeah. of stuff, right? Mathematically safe. Yeah. Like I, I think the Caps will have done very, very well if they can get it down to having a shout with three games left. Like that's all they can go for at this point. Um, and you know that if they can get some momentum together. Who, a positive spin in the playoffs, then, you know, that's the next kind of phase. But the first things first is, I think Robbo needs to target games to win. Yeah. F- and against p- key people. Yeah. So those six pointers, like, that we meant. I that feel I like the the home games are a must win. They can't yeah. drop a single point in the home game. I think there's six at home. So there's yeah. 18 points there, which they have take to go undefeated. To and they need to, um, because I was thinking before this game, 12 games in total, I was thinking six wins. And they need at least a couple draws. They've already picked up that draw now. Mm. So maybe six wins and one draw, 19 points. That might be the only thing with that. that. Two of those home games are against Cascadian teams where they we gotta seem do it. to shit the bed. Every yeah, time but they, they, got, they got to turn we've got it around. KC that destroyed us. Yeah. This New York one, I think, could be the season breaker. New York Red Bulls come a week after Portland, three days after we've flown back from TFC, hopefully with a Canadian championship. You've got guys that's going to be dead on their feet, but that's a game you have to win. They're, win that, yeah. and then San Jose home and away. That could be nine points in a row. That is massive. They're a team in transition as well. They're going through a coaching change and things mm. like that. They've put a couple of results together, but they're definitely not the same as you know the Red Bulls that we know um, and hate so much. You know, yeah. They, they, exactly don't, so. they don't do great here. Yeah, they do yeah. get draws every now and again, which. Any points lost at home, as you say, would be an absolute nightmare. Like, if they lose a game at home, they have to make that up as with a win. So, essentially, I think they mm. need 19 points going forward. But do you think Do you think that games. because of the way we play away from home, very kind of negatively, if, if a few results do go badly, we'll probably be forced into a tactical change in order to try and get a result away from home? Yeah, I think so. going to have to. Yeah. Well, the, especially the closer you get to the end of the year. It certainly yeah. doesn't look like we're going to be making any additions in this window, barring some bizarre <laughs> last minute. When does it end, the window? Ninth or 10th. Oh, so similar to the EPL. Yeah. Huh. So a couple of days after. Yeah, because I didn't know the EPL had been brought the, forward. Yeah, they voted yeah. on that last but year. But I think they're the, only, last year. they're the only major European league that uh, is doing that. All the other leagues are going to have a look and see how it goes and then maybe do that as well, which in effect means that there's two transfer markets. Mm. There's the transfer market mm. that all the English clubs are in and yes. then there's the few days after where the English clubs are not in it. Yeah. And then, so the prices for players in that period will go way down yeah, for because sure. English money will yeah. not be on the market. There yeah. also could be some free agents kicking about, yeah. which might then benefit us as well mm-hmm. because we have picked a couple of full cup. You never know, someone might be out of favour, get some loan deal or... Something for the end of the season, let's but again, up, it comes down to salary. Let's pick up Nosa for the rest of the year again. <laughs> <laughs> do 
Do we buy someone out and just get rid of them? Is that an option with Davies' money to buy out a contract? Oh, you can. You can. You could do that with any money. Yeah. yeah. It's whether they want to pony up and just basically piss some money away. And I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, a little bit of fun to end this segment. We're pretty far into the season, about three quarters of the way through. Who do you see making it to the MLS Cup out of the West and who are they going to play in the East? The 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 East is Atlanta, I think, for me. The East's looking really strong. Yeah. For the last two two or three years it's been or two years I should say. Atlanta I think are they're really formidable. Like yeah. Joseph it's Martinez. Theirs to lose. Pretty much. But it's weird that we've seen teams be dominant during the regular season and then yeah, choke like New Red York. Bulls. Yeah. Red Bulls as a prime example. Yeah. New York City would be a candidate as well who I could see, you know, playing such an irresistible style for a short period of time yeah. that they could make to... The At Atlanta and New York City Eastern Conference Final... That would be, would the, be that the basically the final. Game. Yeah. It's quite often oh, the case, Garber the semi-final. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they, I saw a lot of things. Like We've joked about it in the past, but Atlanta do seem to be getting a hell of a lot of decisions, especially VAR decisions yeah. at home. I, I think it's... It's as if it's like the chosen ones that we have to get this fan base to win something. I think particularly MLS marketing, so their website and all the guys who work for some, like they literally work for some, um, it is without a doubt almost a, a truth that's accepted among people who look who use that media outlet. Like you, you could go, you could go there on any given day and see, I don't know, four or five Atlanta United articles and then maybe in the third section down something that Michael wrote for <laughs> for the Whitecaps right like it's that's it, getting rarer and rarer but but you, you <laughs> that, when, once Davies goes I'll have nothing to do <laughs> on that site but yeah but I, I think it's just you know yeah they, they, everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid of yeah it was Atlanta. TFC last year yeah. it's Atlanta this and year they're really I, I can see their point back of view back in the day in with way. Seattle and Portland all the time yeah it, it annoys me as a Whitecaps fan but as you know as if if it's a marketing thing you're looking for, yeah. of course you're going to market. But they the are more a quality desirable. team, I and mean, when you've got yeah, a guy like Joseph true. Martinez, it's just, yeah. why would you write about yeah. Colorado and San yeah. Jose when you could be writing about this? Yeah, so, it's all the but the thing is, them. eventually Atlanta's going to go in a di- like a spot, like not spiral, well, like but TFC like they, this year. They, yeah. They'll take no a slip. They'll slip in the fall because every team does. But, in but MLS. then then you write about the the dumpster fire that is Atlanta or whatever. Like yeah. there's still things. Yeah, you get about. stuff out but the people yeah. that you didn't write about before, they're not coming back to your no, site now. No, 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 no. 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 That's the I, I've, I haven't listened to that MLS official podcast oh, in yeah. almost a year. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you hate the white caps. It's oh yeah, yeah. They don't have time. Blatantly clear. Yeah. They've no time for us whatsoever. I, I troll them on Twitter just for fun now. Like, because they they are very touchy about that sometimes. You can like you can jab at them being like, "Oh, I can't believe you watched a Western Conference game or something like that." Like they they do get a little bit touchy about. Well, that Matt now. Doyle had tweeted out something about players that could be traded, Kai Kamara because yeah. he was left yeah, out the yeah, lineup yeah, this yeah. week. He was rested for God's sake for a cup yeah. final. Matt Doyle is my favorite person to troll on Twitter. It's very easy. Yeah. So out of the West, who do you think then? Is that? I, but, I, whether they're competitive or not, who do you think is going to get out of the West? I don't remember my Eastern pick, but I'm still going to go with my Western pick, which is Sporting Kansas City, even mm. though they're kind of downward, but I think they might pick it up by the end of the year. I, I could see that. I could see Kansas or a wild shout for Portland, um, just pulling, putting some results together. Yeah, actually, Portland would be a, quite a good shout with what they're doing just now. If Seattle keep this run going as well... Mm. Why that, don't we mention Dallas in this conversation? I'm, I'm curious know, yeah. about that. You, know? it's just, you just it's like the Red Bulls. Yeah, 
Yeah. I just never feel they're going to do it in the playoffs. In the East, I, I, I don't remember, like I said, I don't remember who my pick was, but I think what I like, what I like to see is Columbus get to the oh, finals. Oh, and I just have that as the, and then obviously they probably move no, to Austin. No matter what, Austin bold. And their their emblem in the final will be the Austin one. <laughs> like they'll make it all the way, and then in the last game. Uh, anyway, we're going to be back in part four with some Kaikamara chat and previewing the big Voyagers Cup final on Wednesday. Hi, I'm Jake Norinsky and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. away steve no you get away no you get away that was get away by saint mattel i've no idea who that is uh, it, it came in my spotify um, oh. <laughs> uh, recommendations i listened to it i thought it was a good song yeah it was yeah. nice yeah we split the music coming back from the breaks if anyone's wondering it's not just I all think, my stuff i think people can tell by the wavelength which po- ones are your songs. possibly yes yeah maybe <laughs> although sometimes i surprise you with my choice yeah anyway welcome back you're listening to the aft and soccer show on citr radio so in this part of the show, we're going to look at the Canadian Championship final. Before we get to that, want just a couple of tweets we've had from Angus Walker at Angus Walker on Twitter. He says exactly what we were saying about Bevan and Bear. They're the future. Yeah. Why are we spending on a Blondell? We could be getting a 1.3 million striker excluding the Fonzie money. Upgraded striker, better backup, more chance for youth, which brings more potential for Fonzie type money. He says Tiber is worth 10 times Efren Juarez. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. Ah, you would. And I, I, I think he's worth more than... Uh, I think he's better. I think I would rather have him than, than him, Gazal, even much, honestly. Much definitely won't be back next no, year. No, yeah. I think he was just a one-year thing. Made a glass. Maybe Blondell, they could do is they could loan him back to Venezuela. Maybe he scores a bunch of goals in Venezuela, yeah. and then they, they could sell him off to somebody Possibly. else. Possibly. He also says Blondell's not young either. He's 24. No. That's only three years younger than Hurtado. Yep. I'm 24. You're an old man now, according yeah. to Angus Walker. Well, you are you got a kid too, so yeah. that makes you especially old. Talking of old men, the old man of the team, Kai Kamara. <laughs> rested, because you need to, to rest the old guys. He will be good to go on Wednesday. But the burning question is, does he fancy a chocolate digestive? So Kai, you're at home at night, um, you're wanting a hot beverage, what would be your hot beverage of choice? Is it tea, coffee or do you have something else? Uh, when you go hot, hot beverage at home, definitely tea, definitely tea. I'm a tea drinker and I loved actually when I was living in England, it was perfect because I get to have tea every night. Black tea, herbal tea, chai? Uh, more like a lemon ginger. Oh, yes, lemon yes, ginger, fancy. my favorite. I add a little bit of lemon again, you know, it's a little bit of honey, 
that's yeah. And are you a biscuits person? You... No, no biscuit, ah, no so biscuit. You don't do any I, I do, I do do a toast with Nutella on it. Oh, yes. But you don't dunk that. Obviously, no, I don't so. dunk it. Excellent. Thanks so much. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? So, another player that doesn't want a chocolate digestive, but he does like Nutella on toast. Which is chocolate, isn't it? Nutella? Well, it's chocolate hazelnut never, spread, I never really yeah. had it. I'm, You've never had a digestive? No. Uh, uh, Nutella on toast? Yeah, Nutella. That's oh, one of my favorites. I never had Nutella. Oh, I don't like Nutella. Really? No, I don't I like hazelnut. I lather it on nice and thick. Mm. Yep. I did have some digestive during the show. Just was finishing off my nibbles that Wasted Sundays had given me. So, again, thanks to Adam for that. Yeah, they were good. Mm. Oh, I, I'm talking... Yeah, you never had any Oh, I had the Belgian. Oh, you yeah, had the yeah. Belgian. Yeah, that was good. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, it was Dutch. Dutch. Did say Belgian? Dutch. 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 <laughs> he gave us all the Dutch treats. <laughs> so, this part, we're going to be looking ahead to Wednesday. We've got Joe here. He's used to his previews. So, we're going to have a quick look ahead to the Canadian Championship game. TFC played out an entertaining 2-0 draw in Atlanta. Full squad. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a bit of a surprise. They, they took the lead. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't. Because watching or watching and listening to the audio and the build-up to it, they said they basically have to try and win yeah. every game to, to make the playoffs now. Yeah. Which is a, a good goal to have. But they took the lead, they were pegged back, and then this could be massive. That stoppage time equaliser from Ricketts. It looked like they had lost that. They mm-hmm. now get a point. It doesn't help them massively, but they are in a bit of a run. They're undefeated in five now in all competitions, three in a row in MLS, beating Chicago home and away, and now drawing with Atlanta. They're still not the scary team that they were last no. year, but they're definitely turned the corner. Yeah, um, they. I think it'll be interesting to see from... Uh, a, a Toronto FC fans' point of view, where they place the Canadian Championship. If you off, like, if you offer mm. them a deal today, you'll make the playoffs, but you'll lose the Canadian Championship. I, would they take that? Like, I, I think I, I the vast majority that. would, and I think they would here as well. Like, if you said yeah, to the yeah, Whitecaps yeah, yeah. fans, "Okay, you can win this and be in the Champions League next year, or make the playoffs, you might just have one game and be out." They'd yeah. still pick the playoffs. It's but just I a think North I, American. But, but the only thing is, okay, I don't. I don't mm. But I don't think very many people have hope that they're going to make the playoffs. So Vancouver fans don't seem to have hope just in general. Yeah, no. But what I'm saying is, they, I don't think a lot of people expect them to make the playoffs at this point. No. So why not go after that? If, if you, Michael, if you offered me a deal that the Caps would win the Canadian Championship comfortably, and actually the, the trophy game is at the other place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, TFC. Uh, yeah, my point is null and void now. Mm. I would have taken that deal yeah, if, if it was at yeah, home. If you yeah. see a trophy presented at home, yeah. they've already yeah. started the season ticket renewal campaign. They've had the letters out already. They've not done the big 12% off push, but members have been sent emails about renewing already. Mm. Winning that, especially at home and getting the trophy, would have done wonders. Yeah. If they win it on the road, I don't know that it has the same impact. Yeah. That, you know that game that they won the Canadian Championship is the only game my wife has ever gone to. Oh, so I have to explain. She's to got that, great memories. Yeah, yeah, I have to explain to her. There isn't a trophy every match. <laughs> Pam Udukar doesn't go around on his uh, his uh, what's it called his hoverboard. Or yeah, something. Hoverboard, yeah. <laughs> oh, I need, actually, I need to clarify something. I was told about Pa. He may no longer be at the club. Really? Yeah, he might have a new coaching gig. Oh, how oh, good for him! Mm. Not too long ago, he was on. The, I saw him on mm. the bench. Yeah, I'll I'll check that out. 
just there's no announcement or anything like no, that. He's no. listed as a member of the coaching. He was definitely yeah. at the last home game. Yeah, and his, his kids and stuff are still here because yeah. he was doing things on Instagram. But yeah, someone had told me that. Maybe it's later on in the year. Maybe mm. it's FC Cincinnati. Maybe he's going to reunite with Alan. That would be a good gig for him. Mm. They signed Again, Addy. just speculating beyond they, belief here. They signed Addy, who is a yeah. good friend of Kath, So, Or would, oh. they, would they have played each other? Would played with each other? I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. Big gap. Yeah. Mm. Getting back to TFC, though. Yeah, sorry. I was just, just <laughs> having happy thoughts about Cincinnati. Talking to Cincinnati, before we get back to TFC... I tweeted this out because we'd been talking about Cincinnati playing WKRP and talking about the show. I started watching it about a month and a bit ago on MeTV KVOS. Oh, I'm always like flipping when I'm flipping around. I always catch yeah, it. Yeah, I there. caught the end of the season three and always season four. So it's now back to the start. Yeah. So the pilot and the first episode has just been shown. Yeah. So check that out. It really stands up today. It's fantastic. My favorite episode is uh, the one where uh, Venus flytrap. Um, uh, tries to explain uh, uh, an Adam to a gang member. Oh yes, trying to get him back into school, and he's got the you know the that no, was on recently. The no good guys, or I yeah. can't remember the nobodies, or I don't know what it was. I can't remember the specifics, but it was so it's so I learned it's, the stuff that they covered yeah. in that show was like incredible. Anyway, back to TFC. <laughs> the stuff that they cover is not as incredible. Um, <laughs> they did play all their big guns at the weekend. I wondered what that would mean. For Wednesday, whether it's going to be fringe guys, Greg Vanny answered that. Let's hear from him now. Greg, you, you have Atlanta, Vancouver, New York, then Vancouver. It's a big stretch of games coming up. How would you define the the next two weeks? Important. Uh, obviously, the league play is is important. We want to pick up as many points along the way, and we have uh, very good opponents um, who are who are either visiting or coming to town. Uh, obviously, the Canadian Championship is a huge thing for us now that we're we're in the final and want to get back into Champions League. And um, that's, I would add to that some of the travel that's in front of us is um, it's stuff all stuff we have to manage again. It's a little bit of reminiscent of the beginning of the season, but we um, will prepare it. The good thing is that we're getting close to maximum sort of depth and and access to everybody, which will mean that we can try to. Uh, divide up the load a little bit and still try to um, accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, you might you might approach it a little bit differently if you're at a different spot in the table. So does it complicate things? Uh, I mean, it just it is what it is. Um, we there's nothing that we can at this moment sort of give away, if you will. I and mean, we've got to play every game for for maximum points. I don't know if we'll get maximum points, but that's the mindset. Uh, and then obviously in the Canadian Championship, we have to play, we have to go there and play smart uh, and try to set ourselves up to win it um, when we return. We don't have to necessarily go to Vancouver and win it, so we can be intelligent in how we approach things there um, and what that means, we'll see. But we we always play the these two-leg affairs uh, to try to, as a setup game and then a finishing game. And so we'll, you know, we'll do the same thing as we approach Vancouver. Hmm. So there you have it. That's tasty. Yeah, he's going to be doing uh, Vancouver in Montreal. Yeah. In Vancouver. Yeah. If the Whitecats get a 1-0 lead in that, I think he'll be happy with that, by the sound of it. Yeah. But that's why Vancouver has to take it to them and get that 3-4 goal lead. They have to go for it. And then make make TFC not even want to start their their main guys in the second game either because they go, we have no chance. Or be so violent that um, you don't want to risk anyone in this. <laughs> oh, I think if he is, is a good chance of playing. So yeah. we've maybe yeah, got that. True. I, I, I think. I, in all honesty, I think he will come in for this. I think yeah, it will be him because Gazal played midweek. 
Yeah. Which means, it, like, if, if he was... Tybert's played two in a row. Yeah, so there's spots there. And he's one more game Yeah, he's, he's missing Portland. So, yeah. to me, Juarez and Felipe make sense. Yeah, running Felipe a little bit in the ground. I, I don't like I don't like that combination. If no. I'm honest, I, I you need someone a bit more conservative in there. I would um, have Tybert and Warris yeah. together. If it, I that's think that's three game. Oh, he is fit. He's day, but yeah, they can always sub him <laughs> off. He hasn't played for months. So yeah, geez, they, they could like. sub him off with twenty minutes to go. Yeah, that's or something true. Like that yeah, too, yeah. Right? Bring put, put Gazelle on, on or like yeah. one for the other. David Norman the, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if that's likely. As much as I want that to happen. I don't think it's. I likely. think we'll see more David Norman once they're eliminated from the playoffs <laughs> or next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I hope so because it's like if 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 they are out early with games to go, that's when you want to see Bevan and him and yeah. even imagine Boldissimo. If, imagine if next year it's like the the answer to all our problems was actually playing Blundell with David Norman Jr. Imagine if that's like the combination we didn't that's try. That's what clicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does sound there. That was actually just before the Atlanta game. I thought it was after, but it was just before. But it does sound like Vanny, he's going to hope to try and get an away goal. He's going to try and frustrate Vancouver. He's going to play a bit defensive-minded, probably hitting the counter. Yeah. We don't do well against teams that do that against us, so that's a little concern. What are you expecting from the Whitecaps tactics then? Because if Toronto's doing that, are we just going to go for it, or are we going to play cagey? No, no. They is this go. away goal going to loom too big they for they got to go for it because the thing is the... Um if they decide to play KG, they're not going to have enough time to. By the time they, they like, you got to go for it in this fight. You got to put you put high pressure on them. If they do have younger players in the back, maybe they get cock up the ball and you get more scoring chances that way. I think you got you got to go after it. I, I think the word game plan in Vancouver don't often go very smoothly together. Yeah, I think the best Robo can hope for is putting his best players in positions to succeed. Well, do you Which think is, it's going to be a full strength? Absolutely. Yeah. I think you play Davies, you play Reyna, you play Kamara. You, you play Zichera. You play De Jong at left back yeah. and Nowinski at right back. You have Waston. If, if he's recovered from his little <laughs> injury. <laughs> Waston and Henry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marinovich and Gold. Yeah. It's just that midfield, like all season long, it seems to we seem to be chopping and changing quite a bit. Like there yeah. was inexplicably when Felipe came in, we lost, like Tybert missed out even though he seemed to be playing really well. Like... I, I, we need to figure that out a little bit. Juarez has been uh, disappointment. Doesn't cover really. I I, like, I know Felipe's done well, but since all this chopping and changing, he's dropped off. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't feel we're we're using him to his best. I think I think that he, we can and I getting think the, the best thing out is, of him. Whether it's Juarez, whether it's Felipe, uh, I I feel like they be- play best when Tybert's in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he seems I, well, to be if, the glue. If you can get play. a three of of. Tybert, Gazal, and um, Felipe or Juarez, right? That yeah. would be yeah. ideal. But because you want but to play, then you, then you kick out one of the attackers yeah, at yeah. that point. And like, there's only that one could or be the two second leg. There's only one or two indisputed, you know, starters in this team. Yeah, like you, you Waston, uh, Nerwinski's kind of is in that tier right now. And Kendall's rested. Even De Jong, yeah. De Jong would be for me. Yeah, I think so. And Davies and Kamara, yeah. like that's yeah. basically it. Um, Reina. Reina's become that yeah. too now. Yeah. But like that midfield is so fluid and I, I don't like it. I, I like a settled midfield that you can, you know, people with defined roles that you can rely on week on week to do. Yeah. So you have the chemistry when you're making a pass, you know where the other yeah. guy's going to th- be all I the time. I think that is his plan down the stretch. Mm. I think we're but in the stretch. See, Tybert is the only one <laughs> who seems to work well with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Juarez, the same when Laba and Kofi were yeah, here. Juarez can't play with Felipe, it seems like. Like, I, th- I think if we, I think from now on, if we look a little bit closer at, you know, those combinations, we'll be able to see which two people not work yeah. together, but don't work together. Interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good one. Hopefully, we might have a 
post-game preview yeah, podcast. It depends on the timing. Yeah, bit. we'll see how it goes. But anyway, we'll be back with some more chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Unfortunately, Joe has had to leave us for this part. So thank you for joining him. Give him a follow on Twitter at JoeDZVan. He'll respond when he's not taking care of the baby. Yeah. You might not know Joe had a baby. Or you might know because he never stops mentioning it on the preview show. (laughs) I'm only joking, Joe. I know you're listening on the way home and your wife's listening as well. So, we're going to kick off this part with Wavelength. Yes, it's Wavelength time. It's my favourite part of the show. And we're kicking... I'm excited because we're kicking off Football Violence Awareness Month. It never ends. It kind of does, but it doesn't. But yeah, Football Violence Awareness Month. So, we've got a great song. Um, I'm wearing my special Football Violence Awareness armband it's good. For, for this month. It's nice. You might not see it. It's, it's just a little bit under my shirt. But oh, okay, it's, gotcha. it's, it's right on my sleeve. Yeah, yeah. You, probably didn't, you probably missed it because it's covered by the sleeve. But a little I, bit. I'm actually wearing it. But you seat. probably prefer it that way. Yeah, it, it makes more comfortable that yeah. way, I find. But anyway, for this first song of the month, we're going back to 1982, a band called The Last Resort from England, from their album A Way of Life, Skinhead Anthems. And this is... Violence in our minds.
Their last resort there, Violence in Our Minds, from their 1982 album, A Way of Life. Enjoy that, Steve? Yeah, I was bopping along with it. Yeah. Anyway, before we get to BC Soccer Web Headlines, I just want to say huge congratulations to Tommy Wheldon and the Calgary Foothills brought the PDL Championship back to Canada. You can see it back too, because it's fourth time now, since 2008. Yeah, I saw it when the last Canadian team won it in 2015 down Seattle, KW United. I would have loved to have gone to this game. If I'd been in Calgary, I was actually going to drive through to it. Um, But it was out in Pennsylvania. Hard fought 4-2 win in extra time. Both both teams were down to 10 men. Yeah, Chris Serban, former Whitecap player, got sent off in basically first half, or Second half stoppage time, yeah. which evened the match up. But the other one but, was like early in the, not early, late in the second half actually, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Ali Moussi. Nice goal. Yeah. Two goals on the on the night. I, former Whitecats residency alumni. and The first one was the free kick and that was a huge goal. Oh, there. yeah. It was it was a really entertaining game. And full credit to, to Calgary Foothills. Hope to have a chat with Tommy Fielding on tonight's show, but just didn't have enough time with him flying back and stuff. So hopefully speak to him during the week and maybe get him next week. Also talking about what that does for Cavalry FC, because that's going to set them up fantastic. Oh yeah, they're the favourites right now for the next first year. (laughs) Got to be. But anyway, it's time now for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Make it part of your daily routine. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Well, another story on Nigeria. It never ends, it seems like. Um, uh, Before we talked about that, Stephen Giwa had been placed back in the presidential role they have control of the headquarters, but the Nigerian uh, Federal High Court is refusing to, uh, rec- like, the, the, the request uh, uh, to stop him, uh, Chris Giwa, from taking over uh, as president of the Nigerian Football Federation. They put, uh, but Pinnock has possession of the headquarters. Pinnock is the one that got elected. Giwa feels like he's rightly, rightfully the president, and that will keep going on, it seems like, forever. Well, everything just seems to... I think everybody's after the money for the yeah. kids, it seems like. Oh, okay, another follow-up, uh, U.S. sanctions. As in, before we talk about Nike, now they're forcing Adidas to drop Iran sponsorship uh, for the upcoming, or next year, sorry, Asian Cup. Uh, during the World Cup, they did supply them with uh, the shirts, uh, but apparently they weren't on sale for people to buy, which was uh, caused a huge kerfuffle yeah. there. Um, so that maybe like, obviously that's going to be affecting them and they're going to figure out what they're going to do. Big story though, out of uh, that broke early this week. Uh, World Cup 2022 Qatar bid accused of secret campaign oh, yeah. to sabotage rivals. Now, there it was a leaked documents uh, that showed the bid team employed a US PR form and ex CIA agents to smear the rivals, mainly the United States and Australia. They felt they were their main rivals for 2022. Um, the, here's some of the examples a respected academic was paid $9,000 to write a negative report on the huge economic cost of American World Cup, which was then distributed to the news media of the world. Journalists, bloggers, and high-profile figures were recruited in each of the country to hype up the negative aspects of their respective bids. 
a group of physical American physical education teachers were requested to ask their U.S. congressmen to oppose the World Cup on the grounds that the money would be better spent on high school sports. And then um, grassroots protests were organized at rugby games in Australia opposing the bid as well. There were also intelligence reports compiled on individuals involved in the rival bids as well. Uh, that's obviously coming from the CIA, the ex-CIA people. Now, that's a huge story. But then mm. on the weekend, just lately, Steph Blatter, in his new book, I think it's called My Truth, says that Qatar cheated its way to host the World Cup. And in it, he says that they, uh, the members of the executive committee uh, overlooked the advice that Qatar was not capable of hosting the World Cup and went ahead and voted for the award the the, the competition to them anyways. Yeah. The, uh, the, he said the um, Qatar's upset one was a result of combination of rule-breaking collusion and a, a political pressure exerted on Michelle Patini, uh, one of the executive members for uh, FIFA. They said he was uh, basically, uh, Platini actually told them that he'd been pressed to vote his, change his vote during tw- in 2010 when the French president, uh, Nicolas Sarkozy at that time, and Sheikh Temin bin Hamid al-Tahani, now em- emir of Qatar. And he says that the, the, the company, main company from Qatar, has spent billions of euros in France on an aircraft contract and on buying Paris Saint-Germain since then. So that's, that's a pretty huge deal. I wonder how much that's going to affect if that will change anything before 22 happens or is it know. just too late at this point? I, I keep waiting for them to take it away from them. Yeah. But I mean, where, where would they play now? Because America was the well, ones that were done out of it. Well, do they, do they, it. because we, like we said before, America doesn't, uh, the US, Canada and Mexico, they don't have to have that much to yeah, build. I guess we so could they could bring it move forward. it to 2022. England would definitely You could move back to Scotland in. sooner oh, if you true. wanted to. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that I want to now. It's really hot over there in the summers now yeah. as well. And then 2026 goes to Australia maybe. Hmm. So that's, or Morocco. Or Morocco. Or Morocco. Give the little Moroccans that yeah. they deserve it. Maybe something like that happens. Who knows? Interesting. But well, I think the UK have said as well, because they were in for 2022. Yeah. They would be ready to step in and That's true it. too. Yeah. They would be ready in yeah. 22 or 2026, depending. Mm. Um, uh, an interesting thing about, uh, and this is dealing uh, with dissent that we talked about, uh, sin bins to be enforced at gru- grassroots levels uh, from 2019 to 20 season. Um, they will be continued throughout the 2018-2019 season. Apparently, they've been going in the uh, lower leagues in England, but there's going to be a further 61 leagues across 16 countries set to join the existing 31 that have adopted the practice. It's basically temporary dismissals for dissent, especially. Um, for a 90-minute match, it would be like 10 minutes. For an 80-minute match, it would be like 8 minutes, something like that. I, I like it. And then and then it, w- it would be a yellow card, too, in, in addition to the getting uh, being kicked out for a bit. And then um, a couple of things that... Uh, and they've said that uh, records have shown that the Sinbins have proved to a success in tackling dissent on the pitch. And then um, 25% of the leagues show an overall reduction in dissent. 38% show in uh, reduction in dissent across all leagues. 72% of players want to keep it going. 77% of managers and 84% of referees. I don't know why 84% of referees wouldn't want it. I, think it'd be I, 100%. I, I like the idea. I mean, it works well in rugby. Yeah, it does. And, well, I mean, we've talked several times on the show about how the attitude shown to referees in rugby is just so much more respect. 
But I'd like to see it tried, maybe in a cup competition, yeah, something like that. Well, I was thinking maybe if you want to do it this way, maybe you, by doing this, you, um, I, I don't know if it would work. There may be some, some people might think about it not work. If you, if the player comes out, but you still are, don't go down to 10 men or something like that right away. Like for example, no, I think you'd have no, to no, no, punish no, no, them, not, them not, for the, not for the sin bin part. When you get to second yellow, you go oh. out and then you keep because rugby. I don't think you do. You get reduced to ten mm-hmm. less. Oh, you do. Okay, yep. I didn't know that about that. So maybe like I don't know. There may be some ways to work around it, so you don't have to be totally. We could start new competitions yeah. as well as how many minutes will Effie spend in the sin bin? Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I like it. I, I would like to see them try like in a cup competition, FA Cup, League Cup in England, US Open Cup, Canadian Championship here. I, I think it would work, and I, I would really like to see it. Um, you talked about football violence earlier. Um, obviously, they didn't get the memo in Scotland. Uh, Rangers, uh, they had a Europa League match. They won 2-1 on it aggregate. It is Rangers. Yeah, they won 2-1 on aggregate, but there were additional brawls. It was a Croatian club they were playing. And there were many brawls that it was actually posted on social media, and there were two stabbings. Yeah. So they need to listen to the show. Criticized though for not like the way that they were like shepherding the fans kind of towards each other. It wasn't yeah. great. Um, ML, uh, U.S. soccer news, and uh, including MLS. Uh, MLS is still ongoing talks with Columbus over plans. Should and the, and Garber said this especially should crew move to Austin. He didn't say guaranteed. But I, I think well, he's, he he's been really. <laughs> he's been coached to say that. I'm yeah. assuming. Um, yeah, the, b- big date coming up. Yeah, Austin City Council has uh, a schedule of vote for August 9th in order to determine if the city will accept the deal uh, with PSSV to build a private. And the PSV, I think, is the pre-court uh, sporting venture. Yes, like, not the uh, Dutch. <laughs> yes, not Eindhoven. No, um, to build a privately financed 200 million 20 seat stadium at McCalla Place. Uh, but the ML- they mentioned also that the MLS Deputy Commissioner Mark Abbott is meeting with the crew side, like uh, uh, city officials and stuff like that, to find ways to help them find the best solution, whether it's a new owner or something like that. You know they're going to pitch. Look, we'll we'll do what we did with San Jose. Yeah. We'll move the team, and then we'll, we'll give you a franchise in a couple road. of years. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Not with the no. one. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, one team that is seems like it's going to launch is Austin Bold FC. Yeah, um, in, I think they they got the name from the people that's been picking the names for the Canadian PL. But at least they put Austin in front of it. Oh yeah, true. So I like that. Um, Marcelo Serrano is going to be the coach. Um, they're going to be playing next spring at the. Club's five thousand seat stadium. I think it's USL. If I'm not yes. mistaken, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, they got a, already three players signed: uh, Kleber from Brazil, uh, midfielder Marcelo Sargosa, and left back Edson Brafhild, who played for Netherlands in the 2010 World Cup. I also like the touch of the email that you sent me that you actually sent to in Austin Bold. Yeah. I didn't realize they did that. <laughs> um, MLS expansion race. Um, a, a interesting quote from Garber. We've had some interesting conversations with Phoenix of late. We're tracking very closely with our friends in San Diego, who who didn't get the USL yeah. do the thing, but they're apparently two different groups. Yes, um, and they have a key vote coming up in the fall. The Sacramento bidders will be here, and they've come with last. Uh, They've come to the last number of big yeah. MLS events. And, and left empty-handed yeah. and disappointed. They rem- but he did say they remain encouraged on the finalizing their capital structure. Detroit, Charlotte, and Las Vegas are also in contention for the last two spots. Yeah. But he then also said, 
that 28 may not be the final number, which was always going to be the final number, he yeah. said. Now it's like there's so many teams. They could go up to 32 because yeah. you have eight, uh, uh, two divisions of eight. They're going to have to completely restructure yeah. how the season plays out. I think they would, uh, personally, uh, other than TFC, I, I have a feeling they would love to go back in time and not give Vancouver or, yeah. or Montreal their franchises. Maybe they'll make us an offer we can't refuse. You go join the CPL and we'll yeah. give you all this money. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, it could be a transfer fee. Um, the f- Okay, so Forbes Mexico came out with their 50 most valuable clubs in Americas, in the Americas. So that's including South America, Mexico, United States, Canada. The three factors were value of the players, excluding loanees though, brand value and the stadium value if they were owned by the club. Yeah. Which, That's which, some surprising yeah, results. which this is the, that the three, number three part really surprised me when, especially when you get to one of the teams in here that we know of. Yeah. Top three was, uh, Corinthians, uh, Palmeiras. And surprisingly for me, LAFC. That's yeah. because the, the, in the article, they talked about how they owned the stadium, they built it and yep. everything, and their sponsorship with YouTube, which is one of the biggest oh. companies out there. And they've brought in, Decent players and internationals yes. like Vela, that's at the World Cup. Yeah. And um, other MLS teams, New England number four, but that's because yeah. of the stadium again. Uh, the it's an NFL stadium. It's owned by Robert Kraft, but I don't think the I don't personally don't think the value of the stadium should go towards that much of them. But, but I don't think they made that determination. They feel like New England but, because it's owned yeah. by the owner. But the that fact owns that they're the fourth just immediately makes a mockery yeah. of this. Uh, number eight is uh, the Red Bulls. Uh, and I think that's a lot to do with their Red Bull um, kind of connection uh, with Germany and everything. Number 12 is the LA Galaxy. 13, Orlando. 18, Sano, uh, sorry, RSL. 22 is San Jose. 27, Atlanta, which I thought was really low. I thought, I thought they yeah, would be Yeah, but they, they're playing in not their own stadium. No, so. they, the owner of, owner of the stadium owns it. Yeah, but they're, they're going to be moving into their specific. Oh, gotcha. So maybe they're looking at it that way because oh, gotcha. they know it's not their permanent well, that, home. Well, that's why I thought New England was going to be the thing. But that is their permanent okay. home. Uh, number 30, Vancouver, which I was surprised yes. about because they don't own their stadium. We are so close to being a top 25 club in <laughs> the Americas. Uh, 32, uh, New York City FC, 33 is Seattle, 37 TFC, 42 Columbus, 49 Portland. I'm, I'm guessing. We are ahead of all our Cascadian and Canadian rivals. I, I'm, 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 I'm guessing there's something wrong with this because, uh, just because of Vancouver. Are you sure you're reading this in the right order? No, I, I was surprised <laughs> when I saw Vancouver because I was just expecting, um, uh, cause it was, uh, I just searched the control F US, right? And I saw all the teams. Then I saw all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw Vancouver 30th. I go, what are they doing here? I didn't expect them to be in the top 50, but they must know something we don't. Um, Atlanta, oh, uh, sorry, Miami has hired their first GM. It, we Like we talked before, it is Atlanta's uh, former vice president, Paul McDonough. Um, USL is announcing that they will expand to 33 weeks while staying at 34 games to avoid more midweek yeah. games. Which is good because it's a killer for clubs. Oh, I know. Remember WC2, the, oh. the midweek games, they were horrendous. Yeah. The weekend ones were bad enough, but yeah. Uh, Whitecap uh, Target, Target uh, Justin Merrim, is going to rejoin the Columbus crew. Uh, he'll be there for a bit before they move to Austin. Um, uh, from Orlando, 750000 in TAM, 2019 international slot. He was traded for hundred. One million and fifty thousand combined Tam and Gam, and he's only got one goal, three assists, and seventeen matches. Hasn't been in the eighteen for yeah. the last five games. If that was his value, I am glad the Whitecaps didn't yeah. go for him. I was a fan of his. I would have liked to have tried to make a move for him in the off season. He's not 
worth giving that up. He's struggled in Orlando. Yeah, he may refind his form back in Columbus, but that was too much. The Whitecaps were right not to to go to that. And a former Whitecap who might lose his spot if this rumor comes true, DC United is talking about bringing Bill Hamid back. Um, Stephen Goff reported on yeah. Friday evening citing multiple sources. And obviously, like you said, the transfer window closes on August 8th, so it'll be interesting. He's in playing in Norway right now. Well, it could be as well. Usted maybe wants to head back to Europe himself. Oh, so maybe he's giving yeah. him a heads up? Okay. Maybe it'll be a player-for-player player swap. Hmm. Some news from local news, actually. Long lost. Oh, yeah, this was nice. Long-lost BC soccer trophy found in a garage. Um, it, it was. It's called the Mainland Cup. It was... Uh, Basically awarded from 1914 to 1947. It was basically the unofficial, official trophy for the top team in BC. Um, it was found in a garage of BC soccer legend Dave Fryett, uh, Fryett, sorry, who found it in the late 50s or early 60s used as a planter in a garden, which is odd. That yeah, it was uh, all tarnished. Yeah. And, yeah. It's still not in great shape, but no. I think it's gone into the the... It's been donated to the BC Soccer Hall yeah. of Fame now. There's been a At couple of soccer trophies that have been missing, so this is one of them that, that's yeah. been recovered. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Canadian, a couple of pl- news on Canadian players. Yeah. Um, LAFC, Mark Anthony Kay, you were talking about him last week. He's out four to six months after ankle surgery. Yeah. That looked, it looked such a bad one when it happened. Feel really sorry for the kid. He's had a great season yeah. since moving from Started Louisville. all and, but one yeah. game, and he's had like two goals, five assists, and he was even mentioned when they did the starting lineup today about how uh, badly he's going to be missed and they're gonna, other players are going to have to fill in for him yeah. in the midfield. We had a good chat with him earlier this year as well. I just feel so sorry for him. Kyle Lahren uh, of Besiktas has notched a hat-trick in, his, in the Europa League, win, uh, Europa League win. Sorry, He did defeat a Faroe Islands team, so it, yes. they beat him 6-0. So, but B-36 still, Torshavn. It's good to see them get, he, for him to get well, more confidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, last topic we're going to talk about we'll finish off with Alfonso Davies um, there's an article about uh, Octavio Zambrano who coached him in the Gold Cup last year yeah. and he mentioned how Bayern Munich got a bargain for Alfonso Davies um, he said his best years are ahead of him he has so much more in the game I think he, they got a superb player for a deal um, he says he thinks that Alfonso is three to four times worth more than what they got for him which is huge yeah he goes I, I like I don't think he's worth three or four times twenty-two million. Yeah, I think he said that once he gets to those tools, like strengthening his right foot, crossing, and timing of his runs, um, and once he perfects all that, he's going to be an amazing player. He goes, "It was interesting." That's, they're paying for the once potential perfect because yeah. he may not perfect. That's true. He we mentioned about the uh, the Gold Cup last week last year. He goes, "It was interesting to see him bombarded uh, by the limelight during the tournament. You could see the buzz." There were agents, there were scouts from different teams around the world in the lobby itself. And I oh, think he got a bit overwhelmed, but now that he's been through it, he can handle it. And, yeah. and do you think that possibly had to do what not just an injury, but it was a lot of that uh, that uh, bared down on him when he came back to Vancouver? Because remember, he had that tough spell coming back from the Gold Cup. Maybe, yeah, because he did have a lot of attention. I mean, he got so much attention on him as well during the All-Star week as well. Don't know how many interviews the, the poor guy did, but seems to have handled it well. There's some stupid questions that have been asked of him too. Well, from, from I've been watching a lot more audio from around the league. There's some pretty stupid questions getting asked all over. Yeah, well, there was one question: um, you and Mbappe have the same speed in FIFA 18 or FIFA 19 or something like that. 
if you guys had the ball at the center and went at the same time, who would score first? How do you? How can you determine that? It's depending yeah. on where you shoot from. Is it an empty net? The goal, the goal, <laughs> That's bro. true. It's like it's a dumb question. At least you should have said who gets to the end line first. But, but he said who scores. Well, first. when I was listening to the TFC audio, they were speaking to Jonathan Osario. One of the questions was, "Tell us about your hair." <laughs> I should have played that because I was like, "What the hell?" Some of the questions, though, to the, the TFC players and coaches were very baffling. Yeah. But anyway. On that note, let's wrap up for this evening. Thank you for being with us for the last two hours. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Looking forward to Wednesday's game against TFC. Always nice to have a cup final midweek under the lights, albeit in a big closed stadium, but still under the lights. Just before we go, though, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. Joe Deasy left us to, to be in a better place. Richmond. Take care of his baby. Yes. And... You can follow Joe on Twitter at JoeDZVan. Zachary Adam Meisenheimer is not with us this evening. He's also in a better place. I don't know where, but he's gone away with his wife anyway. And you can follow him at ZacharyAM. Follow me on AFTN Canada. Read our stuff, AFTN.ca. Give us a follow on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.